What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast and Radio Show. Coming to you on this Thursday night here really fast. Before we jump into a group Metcon session here with our athletes and invest some serious sweat equity and leave some body butter laying on the floor, uh, I want to touch on this podcast because it was heavily requested from you guys. I'm going to give you kind of a Cliff's Notes version of it. Um, it's about sleep. Now, obviously, I'm not a sleep expert uh, by any means, but I've learned enough along the way and I've consulted with uh, our physicians and the people that I trust uh, in that realm. There's obviously people who are well advanced in terms of me, but I'm going to talk about, since you guys have asked, how I sleep, how I prioritize it, how what I see in our athletes, what I see in people, and you know, maybe a handful of, of ways you guys can I get get better quality restorative sleep, if you will. Um, now, I need to give you you know full disclaimer here. Uh, sleep is probably something I've struggled with uh, the most of, of any of the the health components over the past decade. I have gotten substantially better um, as I've gotten older, as I've seen and felt the value of it um, early on in my life. In this life, in being a, you know, a fitness professional, an athlete, an entrepreneur, running multiple businesses and entities, we sometimes wear uh, you know, sleep deprivation as a badge of honor and a, of like pride of like you know where it's maybe the the macho masculinity bullshit we do as men, or maybe it's just us as entrepreneurs in general. Uh, you know, I can get by on three hours of sleep, and, and that's what I used to do, like three to four hours a night. I would, I would, I would get up, you know, I'd crush it the entire day. I'd work out harder, you know immediately than probably most people do. Uh, I would do, you know, every email, I'm writing content, we're filming videos, and go to sleep at, you know, basically midnight, and then wake up, you know, at four in the morning, and then repeat, you know, wash, rinse, repeat that same process. But it does catch up with you. And you don't, and I think it's of most adults, I don't think many of us know how bad we feel until we know how bad we feel. So meaning, like, I don't think the average American knows what healthy feels like, so therefore they don't have a reference point to understand, like, wow, this is what I feel like every day, but if I did X, Y, and Z, I could feel like this every day. Holy shit. And it was very transparent to me even earlier this year um, when, obviously you guys know I wake up at 3.50 every day. So I'm up just before 4 in the morning. We're in a service business here. We work with people and athletes, and these guys are gangsters who show up at 5 a.m. and want to rip it. Much respect to them because I sure as hell wouldn't want to do it. Um, but they do, and they make it a priority, and I have the utmost respect for them. And so we have to be here to deliver to them, to open the door, to crank the music, to walk them through the progressions, and just you know be there for them as they're here early as hell. And so that's you know kind of what I signed up for, uh, at least in this part of uh, the business in this life. And earlier this year, we had an event and uh, we had some meetings with friends and colleagues and some business deals we were doing, and they happened to be on back-to-back-to-back nights. And so I remember like Thursday night, I didn't get home till like midnight, and then I got to get up the next day and go to work. And I remember like I was okay because maybe the adrenaline and I was excited about some ideas and some things that are coming to play for our business and my life. And so I'm like, okay, this is cool. And then the second night, we had the same thing, uh, a client event where people went out and I didn't get home till midnight again. And I started to really start to feel like shit later that night. And then I woke up that third day and I'm like a, a zombie, bro. I'm completely smoked. And then again, that third night, I'm getting home at midnight and waking up at four the next day. And by the time that third day was over, um, I felt like I had been out, you know, like I had drank 25 Budweiser's and I headbutted the wall seven times. And I didn't have one drink of alcohol. Um, I just didn't have enough sleep. And uh, I do think sleep deprivation is real. I think if you guys are not getting enough quality restorative sleep, you're going to suffer. Your performance will suffer. I think your hormones in general are going to be all out of whack from, you know, cortisol um, to everything in terms of how you guys, you know, crave food, um, how stressed you guys get, how you recover, how you repair um, your digestive system. Everything in between is going to be impacted by how you sleep and how regular your sleep can be. That's why I feel bad for like uh, our girl Lindsay here. She's an ER doctor, you know, respect to her. She's a gangster. She comes in and she, she performs and she rips it. 
but her sleep is so erratic. Like she'll have to go to work sometimes at 5 p.m., sometimes at 1 a.m., sometimes at 9 a.m. And it's like, it's, it's just sporadically all over the place. I would really struggle with that now knowing how good I feel when I go to sleep earlier and on a regular basis. And I think that's the game, you guys. And so I think genetically we're all a little bit different. Um, you can pull all the studies. I think, you know, typically they say, you know, six to seven to eight to nine to 10 hours a night, somewhere in that range. And that's a rather big gap. I think most people that I talk to and communicate with, we've seen between six to eight quality hours of restorative sleep. Now, if you're getting eight hours of sleep where you're tossing and turning, waking up, going to the bathroom nine times and, and like worrying yourself crazy, that's not restorative sleep. It's when you guys are out and you're out and you're like getting that quality deep sleep where you're well rested, you're in REM, your body's repairing itself, the hormones are doing what they have to and you wake up feeling, you know, hopefully like a million bucks. Now, not every day, um, but overall you feel pretty good for the most part, especially after that initial, you know, get out of bed, you like within 10, 20, 30 minutes, you're like, man, I'm alive, I'm on fire, I'm ready to go. So for me personally, you know, going from, you know, wearing, you know, sleep deprivation as a badge of honor, thinking I couldn't be successful and I couldn't, you know, you know, run a successful business. I couldn't, you know, be in shape. I couldn't be a millionaire. I couldn't be all the things that I wanted to be if I wasn't working 150 hours a week and giving up sleep to get there, which just isn't true. In terms of that, you guys, in terms of productivity, uh, of making money and all the things you want to do, I'm not so concerned if you sleep six hours a night or nine hours a night. It's whatever works for you. In terms of that, I'm concerned about what you're doing when you're awake. How much time you're wasting on Instagram or Facebook or low return activities like just watching TV or just not prioritizing your day. So you guys can sleep, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, even 10 hours a night probably and still crush it the, the other 14 hours if you're really diligent with your time. 14 hours in a day is plenty for you guys to get a lot of shit done and be super successful. And that's a side note, you guys, in terms of just productivity. But in terms of sleep itself, uh, the things that we pull and we see, just just my two cents, uh, how I sleep best is this. Um, I think physical activity is key. I think if you guys can do some sort of physical activity every single day, uh, that's ideal. For some of you guys, if working out late uh, amps you up, try not to work out late in the evening. For me, I have no problem working out tonight and then going home and then just crashing. But I also got up at 4 a.m., so there's that. And when I push a workout, I really push it. So I think self-regulating activity is a huge thing. So pushing yourself physically um, Obviously, it's crucial for you guys expending that energy that you're not, you know, using. The other thing I think for you, a lot of you guys is making the room um, as dark as you guys possibly can um, when you're ready to actually fall asleep and go to sleep. That doesn't just mean like, you know, TVs and iPads. It's, it's already closing the blinds so you don't have street lights coming in. There's not a lot of disruptions from cell phones, uh, bathroom lights, night lights, hallway lights, anything like that. I think any of the studies you guys look at, the darker the room, the better it could be. Um, and then they say the ideal sleeping temperature is around 68 degrees, kind of like in that upper 60 range, you know, 67, 68, 69. Um, I personally, I'm from the Midwest. I hate being cold at this point. I think I'm traumatized, you know, by how I grew up as a kid. So I do sleep a little bit warmer, maybe like 70, 71, 72. Uh, but again, that's just me personally. I know it works for me. But everything I've read, a lot of people, the cooler temperatures. And if you're waking up in the middle of the night, you know, you might go to sleep cold. If you wake up at 2 a.m., you're just drenched in sweat dripping, odds are you're sleeping and the room is a little bit too hot for you guys. So I'd say turn the temperature down a little bit. Even if you are slightly chilly uh, when you go to sleep, I promise you, you're probably going to get better restorative quality sleep overall throughout the night. Uh, the other big one is they'll say turn all electronics off 30 minutes before you go to sleep. Now, I, I do. this is one I do truly struggle with, you guys. I, I don't watch TV. Um, I don't really do anything other than... Uh, 
things are going to bring me closer to my goals in this work. I, do, I have very little escapism in terms of that. But one thing I do do, which is probably my one bad habit at this point, is I do turn on an iPad uh, before I go to sleep and I'll put the office on. And I do, I do the office just because I know I've seen it 800 times and I watch for about 15 minutes and I, I crash out immediately after that. But it's something that just, it lets my brain, I guess, just be numb and, and it's mindless TV watching. It's, it's just me already knowing what's going to happen and so I don't need to stay up and watch it. What I used to do back in the day was remember like when like Breaking Bad came out, right? And uh, we stumbled on it on Netflix and I remember like I watched the first episode and my wife and I'm like, holy shit, we got to watch the next one. And before you know it, it's two o'clock in the morning and I got to wake up at four and go to work. That's a problem for me. So I know I can't watch things that are A, going to you know, get me excited, things that are entertaining, things that really draw me in. So I don't watch any, that's why I don't watch, that's why I watch very few TV shows and very few movies that look amazing to me um, because I only have like maybe, you know, a Friday night or a Saturday night uh, to watch it because I do have to go to sleep early enough during the week. But I do struggle with turning off all electronics. I do put my phone in another room so my phone is never around. I do turn my alarm clock away from me so I don't even see the red lights there as they're up. Uh, and then once I pass out, we typically just, you know, close the iPad and we put it away. But that's the one thing I, I do struggle with. But they do say if you can turn off all those lights, um, 30 minutes before you go to sleep would be ideal. Um, the other thing, you guys, um, they do say stop eating uh, before you go to sleep. So try not to eat right up until the second you go to bed. For most people, it, it can be even like an hour before you go to sleep. So if you're going to go to sleep at 9 p.m., I think eating all the way up till 8 p.m. is fine. And in fact, me personally, I eat my biggest meal um, at the end of the day and in the evening typically. And I feel that uh, I get better quality sleep because of it, whether it's the release of it and just literally I'm, I'm not hungry and starving. There's one thing I used to hate back in the days I would go to sleep starving uh, and I would get like the worst uh, quality sleep because I just couldn't handle it. So for me, uh, having something in my stomach, not completely empty and not completely full, somewhere in between, I think is ideal. And then for you guys, if it's taking something as simple as like maybe, you know, 10 grams of like a melatonin uh, before you go to sleep, uh, I think can be ideal and helpful. You know, the, the natural vegetarian version, you just pop it in, you take it and you're good to go. Uh, the other thing I think if you guys can get in a routine and a schedule, now this is the key. It's why I mentioned uh, our girl Lindsay being an ER doctor and how her sleep is so erratic to me, if I can, I wake up at the same time every day. Now, going to sleep sometimes can shift a little bit, but if I can get to sleep by, you know, nine or 10-ish, I'm getting that kind of six to seven hours of sleep. So if I get to sleep at 10, I'm basically, you know, getting about six quality hours of sleep. If I can do it by nine, I'm closer to seven hours. And for me, that works. Now, for you guys, you know you might need eight or nine. Now, my wife needs more than I do. Um, so she gets probably an extra hour or two of sleep, sometimes probably two or even three hours more than me a night. Um, but that's fine. Her work and life schedule dictates that. Um, but again, I know it works for me. You guys find out it works for you. But if you can go to sleep um, at about the same time and wake up at about the same time every single day, your body is an amazing tool to self-regulate itself. Just like how you guys go to the bathroom. If you're regular, I think the sleeping pattern is the same way. Uh, the other basics, you guys, I know a lot of people think this. Um, the effects of you know caffeine and alcohol before you sleep can be very detrimental. And I say you know a lot of times caffeine can last for several hours, perhaps up to you know I, some studies will say even 24 hours. Um, obviously, if you guys see me right now on the YouTube channel, it is five o'clock right now. I'm still drinking a coffee. Um, again, it works for me um, because I know how much stuff I have to do now <laughs> between now and the next four hours. Uh, but if you guys do have a difficulty sleeping, I would say cutting caffeine off earlier in the day, probably no later than about 2 p.m. for a lot of you guys is going to be ideal and help you get to sleep faster and stay asleep. Um, also, alcohol, it might have like, you know, a sedative kind of effect for a lot of you guys um, for the first few hours, but it can actually lead to frequent uh, arousals and like uh, basically non-restful sleep at night. So, 
Again, if you guys are, are drinking booze to help you get to sleep, I'm not saying it can't initially get you into sleep, but more often than not, all the studies they show and the things I've seen is that you might actually toss and turn and wake up multiple times throughout the night because you had alcohol before that. So you guys make the call, um, you find out what works for you. But again, um, I've seen that uh, kind of play out both ways for people. A lot of people use it as like, you know, basically like their sleeping pill, but what they don't see is they don't feel well rested in the morning. And so yeah, it might help you get to sleep, but if you don't feel well rested overall, you know, is it really worth it? Um, and again, for me, um, I do take, if I can, some days of the week, I can't. I work straight through. Um, sometimes I can go home and I can take a nap for maybe sometimes as little as 17 minutes. Uh, sometimes it's it's 12 minutes. Sometimes it's 33 minutes. just depends on the day. Um, typically for me, Fridays are the day where I can, I don't believe in like catching up on sleep, but Friday's the day where I can maybe do a little bit more. But if I can, I'll try to grab a nap. Even like 20-ish minutes is probably good for me. Anything over probably 30 minutes, if I can ever get it, which is rare, I feel almost worse when I wake up. Almost like I'm, a, I'm like a fucking zombie in this like groggy state where I feel like I got hit by a bus. So for me, if I can catch a nap, I'll for surely do it. And I typically can keep them like around that 20 minute range and I do wake up and feel a little bit more refreshed uh, afterwards. And again, the other one for you guys, just limiting you know, your activities in your bed for basically just sleeping and having sex. Uh, that's it. I know that sounds overly simplistic, but a lot of people, you know, they're doing, you know, they're going through, you know, ton of studying, they're reading books in bed, which again, if it helps you fall asleep, so be it. They're making cell phone calls in bed. They have all kinds of things going on that have nothing to do with actually sleep or just having sex. And so for me at our house, the bed is kind of reserved for sleeping or doing it. That's pretty much it. So if you can keep it to that and keep all the, you know, the food and drink and the things uh, out of the bedroom, I think you guys are going to be uh, definitely better off for it for that. So um, the other thing, make your sleep environment, you know, comfortable. Uh, I think the, in terms of, obviously we talked about temperature, the lighting, uh, the noise control for you guys, if you have to have like a fan on, um, if it's like the white noise app, something as simple as that, or if you're doing things in terms of uh, having your pet sleep with you, um, if that helps, um, or if the pet, if you do this, if you're like me, um, it might be a hindrance to you. So if you're like us, my wife and I, and your dog crawls up on the bed with you, but then sleep, your dog lays in a way that no human can possibly sleep comfortably, um, maybe you should tell your dog they have to stay somewhere else. So sometimes our dog can sleep with us if she's plays by the rules. If not, she has to go on the floor and do her own thing. Now we love it because uh, we're weird dog people, but you know what I'm talking about, you guys, like, even if you have a, a California king and you're both sleeping with you and your spouse, and then your dog lays at like this crazy, weird diagonal angle that their arms are stretched out, their legs are stretched out, and you feel bad for them if you're like us, and I'm kind of squeezed on this little corner of the bed so I'm not getting quality sleep so the dog can sleep better. You can't do that, you guys. You have to understand you, you have to take uh, precedence before your dog. Um, the other things, I think a lot of you guys, in terms of why people lack quality sleep, it's A, their stress level. You have to reduce your stress level. I know it's easier said than done, um, but you can't just sit and worry about the future and all the problems you have. The goal is to avoid uh, doing things that cause you stress before you fall asleep. Um, what I tend to do for me personally so I can turn my brain off, and that's probably the biggest reason that I didn't sleep a lot early on. And I honestly, the older I get, the less fucks I give about pretty much everything. And I understand that like most things that I worry about in life that or that we worry about in general, they just don't matter. Uh, they truly don't. It, and what you'll find out is once you can understand that, um, it can change your life. It, it truly can. But if you're sitting and constantly worrying about, you know, what ifs and like, you know, the economy and doomsday this or my wife and this, and my husband that or my kids are this or what if this happens, you're going to drive yourself nuts. And so what I tend to do is make a list um, before I go to sleep of 
things I have to do the next day and the next week and the, the big rocks I have coming up. And if it's like work-related tasks, if it's personal-related tasks, if it's relationship-related stuff, I just kind of have it listed out. And again, if you ever come to my office here and visit us in Scottsdale, I have post-its everywhere. I have a list on my computer, and I also have like a little check pad that I go through. Um, for what it's worth, that does help me stay calm and relaxed and know, okay, I have got this done today, and this is what I have to do tomorrow. So I don't sit in bed worrying about it, like wondering if I'll forget something or if I'll remember when I wake up because it's already written down for me. And I just kind of close the chapter on that day, and I look for the new one. So... Again, really simple stuff, you guys. Nothing real complex. Again, the biggest keys, make your room as dark as possible. Find a nice, cool sleeping temperature. Most of you guys under 70 degrees in that 69, 68 range, somewhere in there. Turn off the electronics. Avoid all excess light that you guys have. You know, if you're going to eat before you go to sleep, maybe stop about an hour before you actually hit the sheets. Taking even something as simple as like 10 grams of melatonin can help. Even like a nice calming tea. Again, turning your mind off, making a to-do list for the day before. And again, the very simple stuff, just making your sleeping environment comfortable um, and do get exercise regularly and do try to stay on a consistent schedule of going to sleep and waking up at the same times. And if possible, avoiding things like um, alcohol, nicotine, uh, and a ton of caffeine prior to going to sleep just so you guys can, your body can kind of regulate and do what it has to do. So um, take that for what it's worth. I know a lot of you guys have asked about it. I have not mastered sleep uh, by any means. I found a system and a process that does work for me. Uh, and my hope is that you guys can do the same and find something that works for you. And again, I, there's you can look at all the studies. When If you guys who travel for work, I do feel bad for you because everything I've read about it is even when you sleep in a hotel room, a lot of the studies I've shown is that like even half of your brain really doesn't fully go to sleep because it's almost kind of like in this defense, defense like survival mode. So like when you're in a hotel room, right, you're in a, it's a foreign place. It's new. It's not the same as you're used to. So you ever notice like you're in a hotel, even if you sleep for 10 hours, sometimes you kind of wake up tired and groggy because either A, your brain is alert and it's always on, so whether it be like foreign noise or you're worried about missing your flight, you're worried about missing a meeting or what you have next. All of these things kind of come into play. So it's just you guys controlling the environment and controlling the schedule as much as you possibly can. It's just like fitness. It's just like exercise, the diet. Everything is kind of wrapped up into this. Um, but take these tips for what it's worth. I know you, a lot of you guys have asked about it. It's nothing earth shattering or breaking that you haven't heard before. But again, just finding a rhythm and a routine. And to me, the biggest key is trying to go to sleep at the same time, trying to wake up at the same time, trying to get, if nothing else, quality restorative sleep hours, whether that be five, six, seven, eight, or nine. If nothing else, if the sleep is quality, I think you guys are going to be 10 times better than if it's just like, you know, seven hours of erratic sleep. And again, it's easy for me to say, don't do all these things and don't stress and whatever. And I know life happens and it kicks you in the face, but if you could put some of these pieces into play, I think you guys will be better off in the long run and understanding that you can't get healthy if you don't sleep enough. If you're sick, what does the doctor say? Stay hydrated and get sleep because our body heals itself while we sleep. Everything is being repaired while we sleep. When I close my eyes, I almost imagine like there's like a thousand little workers. They come into my body and they repair the muscles and the ligaments and how my body works and heals and all the cells. And it's like they're working on it while I'm in bed. And so that's why I look at like sleep as like my greatest, you know, kind of growth hormone. It helps me kind of do everything. I think you can do the same for you guys. So if you're on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Drop us a five star. Leave a comment. And if there's anything else you guys want to hear in the podcast, hit me up. Let me know. I'm happy to record if I can. And take this and hopefully you guys get a little bit better quality sleep and understand the importance of it because it does matter. And again, it's something we all struggle with, especially in the world of how busy and fast paced and how much demand is on us. But just know if something has to go, there's always things that can wait till the next day because sleep is important. And if you deprive yourself long enough, it can age us prematurely and it can drag you down. So 
Until next time, you guys, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.